Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 483 this evening. I have a very special guest, good friend of mine. It's taken a long time for us to get on a podcast somehow together, but we've been following each other's content. We've been in contact for a couple seasons now. Coming back to the TCK Pod earlier this summer, you linked up with Bobby Lamarco. Now I finally am able to get some time from my man Alex Caruso, the host of the Fantasy. It it's been a long time, man, coming in and having you uh, come onto the podcast. We've had a lot of talks back and forth all season long, basically for a couple of years, and you and I have just had a a tough time connecting. So we finally get the fresh fantasy podcast and the tck pod put together bro it's really nice to have you on man how are you doing i'm great i'm great i really appreciate you having me it kind of kind of feels like a first date for us you know i feel like we've been staring at each other from across the street for a long time you know i might might shout a couple compliments at you tell you your hat or your beard look nice we're finally here Please you know do. We're sitting down for dinner ready to talk some ball over a nice steak dinner um, but I really appreciate you having me. It was great to talk to Bobby a few weeks ago or a couple months ago, yeah. uh, talking break down of the Steelers uh, offseason stuff. But it's I'm I'm super excited to be here, and I cannot wait to break down some week seven because during Bimageddon, we had quite the week in fantasy, and I, I wish it better went better for myself personally. Uh, I had a rough week, but uh, it's okay. We're gonna bounce back, and you know we're gonna break down the good, the bad, and the ugly. I love it, man. Make sure you follow us both on Twitter. You can follow me, of course, at Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O, and follow Alex as well, Alex Caruso, and, of course, listen to that podcast. Leave a rate and review for the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. We are breaking down the Week 7 recaps of the games. Of course, again, you had that by NATO, by Apocalypse, whatever you want to call it. Six teams on by last week. Only two coming up this week, the Ravens and the Raiders, so a lot easier on those rosters. I'm in eight leagues. I've been doing very well. I was undefeated in three of them. All three of those undefeated teams, though, fell this week because I had a lot of Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, uh, Josh Allen, a lot of those big names, and those are all on by. So it took L's there, uh, but looking to be bouncing back, so I'm excited about that. We're going to be breaking down the Week 7 action in a recap, and then, of course, looking ahead to Week 8. My man Jordan Della Valley has the night off, so we got Alex coming in as well. Alex, before we even get started, man, I brought the podcast for you a couple of times, but please let everybody know in the TCK Potters where you can find all of your content and what you're doing. Yeah, so you can find me at the Fresh Fantasy Podcast on all your podcast platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Caruso, simply just like the basketball player, except for I am just an inch smaller and not as handsome. But (laughs) that is that. But the biggest place you can find me, probably my biggest following so far, is at Fresh underscore Fantasy on TikTok. New videos coming out seven days a week, always trying to come up with new good content statistically based and stuff like that so if that's something you're interested in please check me out but you know gotta check out the tck pod if you're not listening already and if it's a first time listener you gotta listen more sky bobby and the boys are always doing great stuff so i'm excited to get into this my man i appreciate it. yeah the tiktok game is on fire man uh little bob is kind of his alias and he's been doing our tiktok for a while doing really well and your tiktoks are, are crushing it man so well done i'm stoked on that uh you know the college life is so much better for the tiktok world you know like, i feel like my my daughter has to like teach me tiktok every once in a while so i'm so glad that you're in it man that's awesome it's growing for you for sure for sure all right let's jump into these week seven game recaps and what to watch for in week eight again hanging out with alex cruz of fresh fantasy 
podcast, TCK and Fresh Fantasy, finally connecting on the formal level. All right, let's dial it back to last night here. We'll go through the Saints and the Seahawks. 13-10, ugly win for the Saints, but a win nonetheless here. Geno Smith still having trouble filling in for Russ. Russ is looking to be out for a handful of weeks. The Saints, or excuse me, the Seahawks have a bye week coming up in three weeks. I would imagine Russ is probably out until then. He still has a, a, a rod in his finger he needs to get removed and obviously start throwing the ball there. So we'll see what happens that moving forward. Alvin Kamara absolutely on fire. Ten receptions in this game, eight in the first half, 179 total yards and a touchdown. DK Metcalf, just two catches, but on the fifth snap of the game, 84-yard touchdown reception there on a probably offensive pass interference, but we don't care about that in fantasy football. Points nonetheless. Two catches, 96 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett, non-existent with Geno Smith. It's just how it is. Alex Collins gets a lot of work, but doesn't get a lot of um, uh, doesn't get a lot of efficiency. Unfortunately, he was a big guy on our Sunday morning streaming show with our start sit show. We had gone out constantly about Alex Collins, but Rashad Penny coming back, uh, dusting off the rust once again, getting some work there. So, how do we feel about the Saints and the Seahawks recap from Monday night? Yeah, I'm 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 loving it. I think I agree with everything you said. I mean, the thing the things that are the most interesting to look out for, I mean, coming from this week and going into next week is I think Michael Thomas' return coming back for the Saints. And I'm interested to see if Alvin Kamara can stay on fire with maybe a few less touches and more going to Michael Thomas. But the Seahawks is the thing that I'm more interested in. I'm thankful that I traded away some of my very high Tyler Lockett shares the last couple of weeks right Smart. before the injury. Um that definitely saved me because right now, outside of DK Metcalf, I don't think that there's really Anybody, I mean, Tyler Lockett and any of the other pass catchers, at least, are not super relevant. But my biggest takeaway from this game, honestly, was that Alex Collins still outplayed Rashad Penny. I mean, I was expecting with Collins banged up and maybe not even playing that Penny would maybe take over and he could have been a league winner with his talent and everything like that. But Alex Collins looked like the better back. I mean, you might not see it because I think he had less than three yards of carry. But every single play for the people that did see that game, Alex Collins was always turning out at least one or two extra yards that he shouldn't have got. And it felt like Rashad Penny was getting tackled with the first guy every time. So my biggest takeaway with Carson potentially missing more than just a three-week stint is that Alex Collins could be the lead guy in this backfield. And if you could find a way to trade for him for cheap right now because people think Penny's going to take over, I would do it. But that's my biggest takeaway from these games. Smart. And Bobby had been repping Rashad Penny over the weekend, trying to just pick him up for free off waivers. Yeah. He's not a bad bench stash. And again, I mean, this kid's only played a handful of games in his three seasons because he's constantly been injured. So if he's able to come back and get a couple games under his belt, he is a better running back at this point than Alex Collins talent wise. But, and then look, we'll see if we even get Chris Carson back this season. They might just shut him down with a neck injury. So we'll see what happens in Seattle. And, Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara. I expect him to uh, be incredible as long as Jameis can throw it down. But Taysom Hill did not play in this game. That's a big deal. He wasn't in there on goal line. He wasn't in there on third downs. He wasn't getting any rushing attempts. It was all Alvin Kamara. So, of course, that helped there quite a bit. All right, let's move on here to the Colts beating up on my Niners. Unfortunately, a sloppy game in fake San Francisco down there in Santa Clara. 30-18, to 18, Colts with the big win. Elijah Mitchell, 18 carries, 107 yards and a touchdown, no other running back really to be seen. Um, Michael Hasty was out, and you know he's out there on special teams, had a couple third downs, but it was Elijah Mitchell, which is great for fantasy. To, if we can have one guy, whoever it is, to stay healthy, that's great there for the 49ers. Michael Pittman, four catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Not getting huge performances, but with T.Y. Hilton on and off the field constantly, there's no other number two there, so Michael Pittman's the guy. And Carson Wentz has looked very impressive. He's looking healthy. He looks like he did in Philadelphia there. I'm not going to say he's MVP as he was in 2017 on that run there, but he's looking pretty good. Jonathan Taylor, 18 carries, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Takeaways from the Colts and 49ers game. Yeah, I think Elijah Mitchell might be my biggest takeaway, honestly, because I think this was the first or second game. I think the second game this season where Trey Sermon, Jamichael Hasty, and Elijah Mitchell were all healthy. And I think in those two games combined now, Elijah Mitchell has 25 touches, Jamichael Hasty has 10, and uh, Trey Sermon has zero. So the fact that he played 66% of the snaps this week, he rushed for over 100 yards, and he was the lead back for the 49ers is a big thing. It seems like whoever they plug in play, even if it's for a shortage of weeks, um, is always a very strong running back, and Elijah Mitchell proved that in a very tough matchup against the Colts, who I think were third best um, against run defense against 
the run in fantasy points so far. So that was very encouraging to see from Michael Pittman. I'm sorry, from Elijah Mitchell. Michael, Michael Pittman's another one. I mean, Michael Pittman's been playing really, really well lately. I mean, you saw he got a number of um, pass interference plays called for him so far. I mean, he probably racked up over 100 yards in pass interference in just that one game. Also had 100 yards in a touchdown, only four targets, but there were so many different targets where they called a pass interference. So, I mean, he's been really, really good. He has a nice schedule going down the stretch. And again, when he's the guy in this offense, I don't think T.Y. Hilton at this age is going to be. Michael Pittman's very strong. And Jonathan Taylor is just going to do what he did last season and just keep getting better down the road. I love what I'm seeing from him. But outside of those guys, I don't have any other big takeaways besides it might finally be time to be done with Brandon Ayuk. And that is so sad to say, but it doesn't feel like it's going to be Brandon Ayuk season anymore. And I think that finally, after this week, after the bye and after everything else, he is finally droppable in all formats with Trey Lance set to take over, hopefully very soon with a two and five team or two and four team. Are you sitting on or trying to move Debo Samuel? Sitting on. I don't, I don't think there's anything. I don't know because Debo Samuel has not been a household name in the NFL and guys that are usually not household names are a little bit tougher to trade to sell high. And with how good Debo Samuel has been, whether with Garoppolo or even with the game with Trey Lance, um, I think you have to hold Debo Samuel just because I don't think you're going to get enough value for him because he's not a household name. But if you can somehow trade Debo Samuel for like a Calvin Ridley or a Stefan Diggs or one of those guys that are people that are jumping off the ship with them and have been looking at the bye weeks or the personal matter game from Calvin Ridley, um, I'd definitely be trading for those guys with Debo Samuel, um, as you could. Even A.J. Brown's another name that I would probably trade for straight up. Totally agree. Another couple wide receivers you might be able to get your hands on are the Buccaneers because people are still kind of uh, up in the air with which Bucks wide receiver they would like to have. All three of them are worth rostering, of course. Let's dial it all the way back to Sunday morning here. Bears, Buccaneers, the Bucks, huge win, 35-point win here, 38-3 to over the Bears. Mike Evans, three touchdowns. Khalil Herbert goes up against the Buccaneers, who have allowed one 100-yard rushing performance under Bruce Arians in the last three seasons. That was Dalvin Cook on 22 carries. Khalil Herbert does it in 18. Very, very impressive here. The third, fourth stringer here for the Bears. Rookie kids killing it. Has a couple catches for 50 yards as well. Chris Godwin, eight catches, 111 yards, and a touchdown. No Antonio Brown in this game. I expect him back this week. Fournette stays hot, 15 carries, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Absolutely crushed. The the We try to keep making excuses for the Bears here. I've been an Allen Robinson guy for years. I'm running out of um, excuses. Darnell Mooney is my guy long-term, but not right now. Justin Fields, I wanted the Niners to draft Justin Fields. Um, now I'm think I'm happy they didn't. I'm really just not sure what to do with the Bears here. Khalil Herbert looks like the truth, but what are they going to do with Damian Williams coming back off of COVID and then Demont eventually here? The Bucks are the Bucks, but what do we do here with the Bears, man? Yeah, I think the Bears. I mean, David Montgomery's been one of the guys I've been buying a lot, a lot of because again, Smart. Khalil Herbert hasn't shown to be a huge pass catcher, and David Montgomery is their guy. He's their guy in running backs. They've done nothing but talk him up, and his usage was a lot higher than I was expecting. I mean, when he was healthy this year, and I expect them to go back to that. And again, there's going to be a lot of fantasy managers out that have David Montgomery that probably don't have the best records because David Montgomery's hurt, and with him projected to come back in Week Nine or 10 the fact that you can get him for so cheap right now i'd definitely be looking to do that um with david montgomery i mean i had a league i traded chris carson for david montgomery at this point he's going to come back healthy it's crazy what people are willing to do and jump off that boat so david montgomery with fields or andy dalton doesn't matter who it is someone i'm being willing to invest in especially because again guys that are hurt and guys that don't have good records are looking to win now david montgomery a very intriguing trade target but i don't think damian williams will be anything Cleo herbert's clearly looked like the better back without david montgomery in alan robinson a guy that I want to produce so bad, been top 10 wide receiver each of the last two years with Trubisky and Foles. I didn't know how on earth he could fall back if he's been top 10 with those two. doesn't make any sense to me, but I think that an Andy Dalton quarterback change, if it happens, could actually be good for Allen Robinson because I think that was his only double-digit target game was with Andy Dalton because they're just not throwing enough with Justin Fields. Going into last week, they were only averaging 24 pass attempts per game, which would have been by far the lowest in the NFL last year. It's just insane to see. So Allen Robinson, 
is definitely someone, if you have him, you have to hold him and just hope for the best and hope and pray. But again, if he gets dropped on your waiver wire and you have an extra spot, I'd be willing to take him just because you know what he can produce, especially if Andy Dalton comes back in. But as for the Bucks, one thing that I'm definitely trying to do a little bit lately, and this is probably a surprise to a lot of people, is sell high on those Bucks wide receivers if you want to win your fantasy championships. Look at their matchups. If you're on Yahoo, ESPN, anything like that, they just have green, 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 green matchups, great matchups down the stretch. But in the two biggest weeks in fantasy football where everything counts for everything, they're playing two bottom or top five matchups in the Jets and the Panthers, who I don't know why they're great against wide receivers. They're (laughs) bad teams and they're just lower scoring totals because they play at lower paces. They lose early in games and teams just stop throwing against them. But with the fact that Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and A.B., we're all going to put up monster numbers down the stretch. They have brutal fantasy matchups. So if you can get out from under the rug and, again, go after a Calvin Ridley and A.J. Brown and try to package for one of those guys that have much better playoff matchups, I'd definitely be doing that because they have really tough playoff matchups. And as we saw with Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf last year, I was preaching to people, sell them, sell them, sell them. They have brutal playoff matchups. And what happened? They weren't good. I get start your studs. But when it's the playoffs and everything matters, get a stud that has a good playoff matchup because you can still trade for them now. So I'd be looking to do that if you can, if you have a good record. Rank the Buccaneers wide receivers rest of season. Oh, tough one. Uh, I'm going to go Antonio Brown, number one. Chris Godwin, number two. Mike Evans, number three. Do I think Mike Evans is probably the most talented out of those three? Absolutely, but the consistency is not there. Mike Evans has been had, had 75-plus yards in five out of seven games this year, but this is still the same Mike Evans who, with A.B. only playing half the season, had three or less catches in 10 out of 20 games last year. Mike Evans' consistency this year has been – two-plus touchdowns in three games and one or zero touchdowns in the other four games. Again, Gronk's coming back. Antonio Brown is going to be back. And when those guys play, Mike Evans' role has definitely looked decreased and he has not played as well. Um, so I would be, you know, Mike Evans would be the last one for me just because of consistency, unfortunately. I'm not knocking the player. I'm just knocking the situation and everything like that. But especially with Gronk coming back and what we saw Gronk be for the first two or three weeks before they played New England, I'd be looking to sell those Bucks wide receivers a little bit. I'm not saying they're bad. They're going to be fantastic with Brady, but it's going to be inconsistent week to week because of the impact that Gronk has. I'll uh, look at the first two weeks and what Gronk was doing. 100% agree. Well done. Let's move on to the Washington football team and the Green Bay football Packers. They're in trouble this week, but let's recap their 24-10 win over Washington in Lambeau this last weekend here. Terry McLaurin absolutely shreds that secondary without Desmond King, without uh, or Kevin King, excuse me, and without um, Jair Alexander as well. Seven catches, 122 yards, one of them over 40 yards, and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, sorry, Devontae Adams, Six catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Gibson still struggling, still tough. I've been trying to like move off of Gibson in the couple leagues I have him and try to move up, but you can't really get somebody higher than Gibson right now, just the way that everything is going, and I don't want to undersell. So it's I'm kind of in a stuck position with Gibson. I want to know your thoughts on that. And then Aaron Jones, just six carries, uh, but this was just a – Aaron Rodgers game and it was ugly and they were just kind of getting out of there with the W. So Aaron Jones, maybe a buy low, but he's going to be just fine. So how do we feel about the Washington football team and Green Bay Packers? Yeah, with the football team, Terry McLaurin's a guy I made at TikTok last year and I got absolutely flamed for it. <laughs> with calling Terry McLaurin a sell high. And I, I still stand by it. Like I get it. Terry McLaurin, like I got my most like comment in the video or like video recently was like Terry McLaurin apology video. And like I said in the video, I was like, Terry McLaurin is one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. He is. I'm not saying that he's not, but four out of his seven games right now, four out of seven, Sky, as a guy that you drafted as a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy football, has had eight or less fantasy points and half PPR in four out of seven games. When he's blown up, he's been amazing. But if Taylor Heineke is not getting him the ball and his target accuracy has been in the bottom 50 or sorry, he's a, like outside the top 50 in the NFL. His catchable ball rate's been outside the top 70 in the NFL because of Taylor Heineke. It's just not good for McLaurin, and I'd be willing to sell him, especially after a big game. Again, I keep saying these names, like the buy low guys, like A.J. Brown and Calvin Ridley. I cannot stress those guys enough because Terry McLaurin's just not been it so far this season. I love Terry. I hope that Fitz comes back and they let him start and he just targets the crap out of McLaurin. And I hope that I look like a fool because I love Terry McLaurin and everything that he does. 
But just the inconsistency with Heineke, I just can't do it. Antonio Gibson breaks my heart. He was one of my favorite players this year. And whether it's – I don't know what it is. And obviously this shin issue has become a much bigger deal. Again, like you said, I don't think you can really sell him for much right now. But I've definitely tried to sell him for like a David Montgomery who's supposed to come back next week and hope someone just wants to win now and is willing to take a flyer on someone like Antonio Gibson. But I think the best thing you can really do with Gibson is hold right now because like we talk about all the time in fantasy football, like these guys that aren't playing well, no one wants to buy them. But if Antonio Gibson has one good game, that's where you can sell him. Don't sell him at his lowest value where he's coming off back-to-back under seven-point fantasy games. Don't do that. Wait for one game and look for the one silly fantasy manager that's willing to trade for him. And if not, just hold on to him. No one wants to buy him right now when he's had two games less than seven points. I don't know why people are so desperate to sell him. This is the only time to hold him when it's at his lowest value. As for the Packers, Devontae's going to be Devontae. He's going to have amazing weeks. Aaron Rodgers still doesn't have the rushing upside, but some weeks he's going to get it done as a Tom Brady light in fantasy football that I'd say. He'll have some explosive weeks, but some weeks that definitely can kill your fantasy team a little bit, but he's been solid. But Aaron Jones is someone I'm starting to worry about, Sky, a little bit. Hmm. I think it definitely helps that they're going to get David Bakhtiari back, who's one of the best left tackles in all of football. He's going to improve their line. It's been very banged up this season. But the thing that scares me the most about Antonio Gibson is the – sorry, Antonio Aaron Jones, my goodness. Um, is the fact that he's not getting like the 20 plus touches like some of these other guys. Like when you look at Derrick Henry, Saquon, CMC, Zeke, all these guys are getting 20 plus touches a game and we never see Aaron Jones hit 20 touches. And I loved Aaron Jones this year. He was one of my favorite players. I thought he was going to get more work and more passing work with Jamal Williams gone. But again, they've been giving him work, but they're not giving him 20 touches a game. And he's he's had to do what he's done his whole career, which is be hyper-efficient. And I'm not saying that his efficiency is falling off or Aaron Jones is a bad running back. I'm not. People think I'm saying that he's like not a top 10 running back right now. He is, but it worries me with the amount of volume that he's going to get. And that's what his consistency has been week to week, where you have a top five running back that's had, I think, less than 13 fantasy points in four or five out of seven games. I mean, this guy was a consensus top six or seven pick. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's really hard to see as a fantasy manager, but I'd be willing to trade him for someone like Najee Harris just based off volume is king, who's getting like 10 more touches a game right now. I love Aaron Jones. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but he definitely worries me with the inconsistency, and I'd be willing to trade for someone like a Najee Harris for him. I think that's a great call. I drafted Nick Chubb over Aaron Jones twice this summer, and each time I was like, oh, God, (laughs) this doesn't feel good. I might regret this, and Nick Chubb's been out, obviously hurt, but the consistency points per game, other than his four-touchdown game, I feel pretty good about uh, going Nick Chubb over Aaron Jones. We'll see how that goes moving forward. All right, let's move on down here to really the most perplexing team in the NFL right now, and I can't believe that's the case, but the Kansas City Chiefs here and the Tennessee Titans. Titans. Now, Alex Benavides, who sat in for his brother Chris Benavides, late in the season from the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. We have an episode with them late in the week, every week, when we preview each week's games, and we do a pick them. Alex and I both picked the Titans to beat the Chiefs straight up this week. So that wasn't a surprise to me that the Titans actually won this game. What was a surprise to me is that the Chiefs had three points, 27-3. to three. The Titans get the win. They could not move the ball. Patrick Mahomes got lit up a few times. Tyreek Hill has been non-existent for about three weeks now. Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey, but not blowing up the way that you need him to. Nobody else on that offense is helping in the pass game. And Darrell Henderson has been okay, but he's not, you know, he's scoring touchdowns because they moved the ball two weeks ago, but this week hasn't been the case because they have absolutely no defense in uh, Kansas City. For Tennessee side, A.J. Brown comes back. We saw him goose egg in the first half two weeks ago, come out with nine catches in the second half. Now he's got eight for 133 and a touchdown. You mentioned his name five times already on the podcast as maybe a, a buy low or going to get him as a trade target. I agree with you. Derrick Henry doesn't have a Derrick Henry game, but still 29 carries, 86 yards through a touchdown. The first touchdown of the game was a pass from Derrick Henry. Love that. And then again, Mahomes um, beat up. I think he'll be okay. He uh, quote unquote passed the concussion protocol, but I saw that with Cam Newton too many times over the years when your star player gets beat up and he's not completely dazed, they they let him pass that, which I just think was irresponsible for Kansas City. But I rest my case. Are How concerned are you about the Chiefs moving forward or are they just in a slump and the Titans coming back from a big win over the Bills, a bigger win over the Chiefs? The Titans are for real, man. Yeah, I think the Titans are definitely for real. I'll start with them and end with the the most exciting team in football or the most intriguing. 
um, at this point. But I, I love the Titans. You've already heard what I said about A.J. Brown. He's averaged nine targets and 112 receiving yards over the last two weeks. Julio Jones, another interesting buy-low option. I know their passing volume isn't there, but Julio is Julio. He's still been a top eight fantasy receiver five of the last six years. The only year that he didn't, he was injured. I'm not saying he's going to like all of a sudden light the world on fire, but he hasn't had any real good game since that Seattle game. So I think that if you can buy him for just about anything right now, I would do it for really cheap because I think he's still a very talented player. They have some good matchups, especially them playing Miami in week 17, which could be a extremely good matchup this year. Unfortunately, with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones not playing well. But I think both of those guys could be league-winning players in a very good matchup against Miami that could be a high-scoring game with two bad defenses. But the Chiefs, I hate to say it, I hate the Chiefs. And if it was up to me, I'd love to see the Chiefs lose the next 10, 12, or whatever games are left this season. I hope they never win another game. Obviously, I hope everyone stays healthy. I don't want anyone to get hurt. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I want Mahomes to blow his ACL and for the you know him to get like ran over. I'm not saying that, people. I'm not saying I just want the Chiefs to lose because they're so good. And I think it's going to be the same thing like with Tom Brady and the Patriots his whole career. Every time that people start to be like, oh, like, could this be the end? Or is Mahomes or Brady falling off a cliff? The next week, they just, they're going to score 50 points this week. And people are going to be like, wow, I can't believe I forgot that. This is still a team that going into the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes had won 25 of his last 26 starts. I know they've had a rough start this year. I know their defense is terrible but they are going to put points on the board. I mean, people would love to see the Chiefs previous years have a terrible defense because it means more fantasy offense. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey have been perennial top two at their position the last couple of years. Mahomes is as good as it gets as a quarterback, both in real life and in fantasy football. Those guys this week against the Giants, I think are going to prove people wrong. They just happen to lose to the Titans, Chargers, Ravens, Bills, and Bucks. Those are their only losses, and those are all strong playoff teams. I think they're going to make people look really dumb the next couple of weeks. I agree. And I think the Chiefs will will get it right, but their defense is a problem. And and Patrick Mahomes is fancy and he's fun when it works, but when it doesn't work, it looks it just looks like bad quarterback play. And obviously he's not a bad quarterback, but it just it looks sloppy. Uh we do have a question here, Alex, I want to get to here because it's right on cue. Alex the Pirate King coming in from YouTube just traded Tyree Kill for Saquon Barkley, win or loss. Now, of course, this comes down to first things first. Do you need a running back? Can you withstand not having Tyreek Hill, who, even though he's been slumping, is still a top five wide receiver week to week for fantasy football? And then how do you feel about Saquon Barkley? Um, I've talked a lot about Saquon dating back to the summer. I faded him to begin with, and now here we are. He's not going to play again this week. Alex, I'll get your thoughts first on this one, and then I'll give you mine. Would you rather have Tyreek Hill rest of season or Saquon Barkley? I assume everybody needs a running back. So take into consideration you most likely need a running back. Would you move off of Tyreek Hill for Saquon? Uh, yeah, he, looks, he just tuned in. Excuse me. Just tuned in. I have Miles Sanders, and I need one. Miles Sanders out now with an ankle sprain. Yeah, I think I think Saquon's easily the move. I mean, anytime you can get a guy that I know health is an extreme question, but playing that if he stays healthy game, I mean, this is a guy that – from week two on, I sound like Chris Collinsworth. Now, this is a guy, here's a guy, whatever. But I mean, I think he played after week one, he played 84 plus percent of the snaps um, in every game that he played. I know it's not a large sample size of games, but I think the fact that they he literally came off an ACL and after one game, they said, okay, we're putting you back in for 85 plus percent of the snaps. He's going to get like 20 touches a game. I mean, I think that this he's going to be someone that could win some leagues down the stretch because people aren't willing to buy him a little bit. And again, the health is the biggest question, obviously, and the chance that he stays healthy is probably not super high, but if he stays healthy, I think Saquon's definitely the move there. I don't dislike the trade necessarily. I wouldn't call it a win or a loss because, again, we need to know more about your team. If you needed a running back, I like it. My biggest issue with that trade, regardless of the players, is that Tyreek Hill is playing this week. Saquon Barkley's yeah. not. That's an issue yeah. for me. Unless you're five, you know, unless you're what seven and oh, six and one, five and two. If you're sitting pretty and you can afford to maybe take an L as you wait for Saquon if you need to, like then to each their own. Uh, and if you need to fill running back for Miles Sanders going down, like I get that. Um, but if you are in trouble, um, it's a keeper. Oh, he's tuning in here live. It's a keeper league too. And I have Adams and Thomas. So Michael Thomas isn't playing, Saquon Barkley's not playing. Um, Devonte Adams is great, but he's not playing this week either because he's got COVID. Yeah. So this is a tough one. I like to trade overall, I guess, long-term with keeper leagues, but um, it's a tough one this week. So best of luck, Alex, the pirate King. Thank you for tuning in there. All right, let's move on here. 
to the Falcons and the Dolphins. Falcons squeezing away here. They always seem to play a close game if they don't get blown out. This one 30-28 over the Dolphins. Kyle Pitts finally waking up before our eyes. We saw a glimpse of this with nine catches out in London. Comes back home after the bye week. Seven catches, 163 yards. Could have had a lot more on a play that was called back. Matt Ryan, 336-2. Ridley does score, but not a very Ridley game. He missed the previous game due to personal uh, issues. So I wonder where Calvin Ridley's at. You've mentioned him as well as a buy low. So I agree with you there. Hopefully the best is yet to come for Calvin Ridley. And on the other side, Mike Kosicki, great couple of games with Tua coming back here, seven for 85 and a touchdown. Jalen Waddle playing pretty well. Also, we talked a little bit yesterday about Deshaun Watson. I don't really want to do that right now because all this is hyperbole. Um, but I wonder how much would change if Deshaun Watson came in right away with Tua leaving and these other guys. But Mike Kosicki's finally woken up. He's the number six tight end in half PPR right now. Jalen Waddle's playing well. Will Fuller should be coming back. Devontae Parker could be coming back. Miles Gaskin, 10 targets, 10 receptions, scores a touchdown there. Also, there's a pretty nice game. Cordero Patterson and Mike Davis pretty much um, obsolete in this one. But how do we feel about the Falcons and Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, the reason I wanted Calvin Ridley as a buy low, we can expand into a little bit more, is the fact that Calvin Ridley's last four games, he's had 10-plus targets in each of the last four games. I mean, I mean, try to find, besides Robbie Anderson the last couple of weeks, I mean, try finding me a guy that's getting targeted at minimum eight times a game that like didn't produce in fantasy football, let alone someone that was a top-five wide receiver the previous year like Calvin Ridley. Like, I don't care about their offense or anything like that. He's getting the volume, and he's had massive numbers his entire career without Julio. I think that he's someone that is bound to regress positively, especially when he has two top 10 or two bottom 10 matchups coming up against the Saints and the Cowboys the next two weeks. I think he's going to put up some very big fantasy points, and I hope that he comes through for me. Um, Matt Ryan, again, I don't think a guy that a lot of people are rostering. He's only a matchup play. And I see that Cordell Patterson, even though he's a 30-year-old running back, is still starting to take more and more of the backfield from Mike Davis. Mike Davis is – not super value to me, valuable for me anymore because I just don't think he has any upside. And if people need a running back to fill in and they want to buy Mike Davis because he's a good matchup or something like that, I'm definitely willing to do that. But the Dolphins, I think, are the more interesting team for me. I think Mike Gusecki has been a top – he's been a top five tight end since week three now, which is great to see. But the other thing that's also great to see is really since week three, Will Fuller and Devontae Parker have like not played at all. So I'm curious to see what Gusecki's usage looks like when those guys come back. So I would I would actually be willing to sell Gasecki for like a a Hawkinson or even a Darren Waller or Mark Andrews for the very desperate fantasy owner right now because when those guys come back I think a little bit of the work goes away from Gasecki I think he's still a top eight tight end rest of season but I think someone that's very interesting that could go down a little bit when some of those other guys get healthy Miles Gaskins guy that I'm I'm starting to believe in a little bit more I know every other week they're not giving him the work or whatever it is but. I still think that Miles Gaskin went in has proved that he's much better than Malcolm Brown and Salvan Ahmed. And I think that over the course of the season, especially down the stretch, that Miles Gaskin will prove that he is the guy there and he's a couple nice matchups down the stretch as well. Um, so I'd be willing to buy him at least because he's so cheap right now because I think mm-hmm. he's the most talented back in that backfield. But that's it for me. Yeah, it's a good call. I like that one a lot. And Cordero Patterson's been a lot of fun. And again, he's got that hybrid running back wide receiver split eligibility, which is big, especially during bye weeks. You can slide him in there. All right, let's get into one more game. And then we're going to give a shout out to one of our sponsors here, Jets and Patriots. Patriots put up a 50 burger on the Jets here. 54-13. Zach Wilson out, going to be out for two to four weeks. Looks like Uncle Joe Flacco back in the mix for the New York football Jets. Damian Harris. 14 carries, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. Ramondre Stevenson, who was kind of one of my sleepers for the week, he was a waiver pickup, yada, yada. Healthy scratch in this one. I like to see that Bill trusts Damian Harris enough, even with a couple of fumbles on the season. So love that if you're in Damian Harris land. Brandon Bolden, six catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. J.J. Taylor, two touchdowns as well. So these running backs for the Patriots getting it done nobody really in the passing game and for the Jets again Zach Wilson went down they didn't really have much of an offense to begin with do we trust any Jets moving forward Corey Davis has even fallen off at this point and can we ride this backfield for the Patriots yeah I think with the the Jets there's not anyone I'm too excited about especially with Zach Wilson going to miss an unknown amount of time I think Corey Davis is the only guy worth a flyer and you know you kind of hope and pray that he happens to do something every week because, again, they're just a team that's not going to get in the end zone much. And it's not like Corey Davis is getting 10-plus targets a game. The targets are varying week to week, matchup to matchup, and everything like that. But I think Corey Davis is the only guy that's worth a fantasy look. 
of the Patriots, I'm looking to sell Damian Harris in every league that I possibly can. I mean, this is his second straight game of 100 yards and a, and a touchdown at least. But he's only had three combined targets over the last weeks. After after oh my goodness, after the last two weeks, he has three combined targets. But he's a good matchup this week against the Chargers. But over his final eight games, he has a tough matchup, like a red matchup, which is a top ten toughest matchup in six of his final eight games. So, do you really want to invest in a guy that's averaging about one and a half targets a game to help your fantasy team when he's only a runner primarily? when he has a very tough matchup in six out of his final eight games, when he has not surpassed two targets since week one, what are the chances that that guy blows up and help you win your fantasy league? It's not a lot, like at all. And you could use him to package for another guy that's going to get a lot more volume and maybe more targets. Again, not more than two plus targets since week two. And he has a tough matchup in six of his final eight games it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't think Damian Harris is going to win people fantasy leagues. I'd be looking to sell him if I can. Okay. And maybe a guy like David, uh, David Montgomery looking to come back, things like that. Even, even Leonard Fournette, who I think is effective, yep. but you know, not, not very sexy in fantasy football there. So I agree there. All right, Alex, we're going to let you get a water break. My man, we'll be back in just a couple minutes here. I'm going to do an ad read for some good friends of ours and a great sponsor, bomb banana hot sauce. We'd like to introduce you to our newest sponsor, Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. They're a brand of banana-based hot sauces founded by four University of Oregon. Oregon? That's me. University of Oregon. University of Michigan grads. The sauce is an absolute must-have at any draft party or watch party. You can put it on nachos, pizza, wings, any dip, and you will never have to eat boring party food again. The sweet heat of the chili-based banana combo provides a delicious restaurant-quality flavor. They currently have two different flavors, original in the white label and the spicier Mui Mui in the red label. We're super excited to finally be a part of the Bomba Nation. We hope that you'll join us. Head over to their website, seekthespice.com. Use the promo code TCK at checkout for 10% off of your order. Once again, Bomb Banana Hot Sauce, banana-based Hot sauce, not banana flavored. Seekthespice.com. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of your order. All right. Let's get into the second half here. We got another couple of comments tuning in. What do y'all think of this trade? Let's get to some comments here. Reckitt coming in from the Twitch family. What do y'all think of this trade? Cordero Patterson and Waddle for DJ Moore. I like that. It's a huge W. I think Moore's a big bounce back guy. He's got some great matchups coming up, especially in the playoffs. I totally agree. All right, if you're just joining us live on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, or YouTube, I'm sitting here with my man, Alex Caruso of the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. We've been connected for a long time, but just finally getting me and him connected on the same show. So happy to have him involved this evening. All right, let's move on to the Panthers and the Giants. We're recapping the Week 7 action, looking ahead to Week 8. Panthers and Giants. Giants with a big win here, 25-23. Sammy D benched. Yikes. When he wasn't in there, I was kind of like, oh, I missed an injury, but he was straight up benched. Looks like he will start this next week. Matt Rule said basically they just need to switch some things up, uh, but it wasn't much better when he left. Since Christian McCaffrey's gone down, they're 0-4. They started 3-0. and They just need some, some different flames here. We just talked about DJ Moore here. Six catches, 73 yards. Has not had the blowups since that big game a couple weeks ago. Devontae Booker filling in for Saquon Barkley. 14 carries, 51 yards and a touchdown, all of the wide receivers basically for the Giants. Injured Evan Ingram is Evan Ingram. Daniel Jones playing pretty well. He's a nice kind of streamer, I think, this coming week. Uh, Robbie Anderson, 21 targets in the last two games. Isn't doing anything with him. It doesn't make sense. Chuba Hubbard's still getting work, but not Christian McCaffrey, as we know. How do we feel about the Panthers and Giants? Yeah, with the Giants and Panthers, the most thing I'm most excited about is the fact that probably over the course of the next two weeks, we'll get CMC and Saquon back. Um, whether I have them in a lot of fantasy teams or I don't, it's going to be nice to see those guys on the field and making the running back in position and the running back position in fantasy look much better. I think Sterling Shepard's another guy to buy low. I think he's had double-digit targets in almost every game that he's played in this season. And, you know, health has obviously been a concern for Sterling Shepard over the course of his whole career. But I think if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be the guy. Kadarius Tony is another guy that if he plays, um, is going to be going to be a guy that's going to produce. So we haven't seen it really from Kenny Galladay or Darius Slayton much this season. I think Galladay, sorry, I mean Shepard and Tony are going to be the guys. But I think Sterling Shepard is the wide receiver one for this offense. DJ Moore also a really nice buy low. Hot start to the season. Couple rough games from Sam Darnold. But like I said, good matchups, 
phenomenal playoff matchups coming up, and especially in a get-right matchup in Atlanta this week for DJ Moore. I know we're not previewing games, but I think this is going to be a big bounce-back week for DJ Moore, and I think all the people that are starting to worry about him are going to forget about their worries. So if you can trade for him, I would go do it because DJ Moore has been a target monster um, in the Panther for, for the Panthers. I know Robbie Anderson's gotten a lot of targets too, but DJ Moore has been the guy that's still producing no matter what. Um, he's a nice buy low. But I think the main storyline for these two teams, the fact that their star running back should be back in the next two weeks. Yeah, the Panthers and Giants game is just not as fun, obviously, without Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. So hopefully both of them can get back in the saddle quickly. Bengals and Ravens. I guess this is the upset of the week, if you want to call it that, other than the Titans over the Chiefs. But maybe the Bengals are just for real now. And we know how good the Ravens are, but the Bengals are absolutely exceptional this season. First place in the AFC North. Absolutely fantastic. 41-17. It wasn't like a last-second field goal and a 17-14 you know, win or something. Like They drubbed the Ravens all game long. Joe Burrow over 400 yards, 416, and three touchdowns. Of course, most of that going to Jamar Chase. Eight catches, 201 yards, and a touchdown. He's blowing away Justin Jefferson's rookie season from last year, who blew away Randy Moss's rookie season back in the day. Jamar Chase is legit and finally catching pace there. Not worried about the drops anymore, are we, folks? C.J. Ozama shown up basically two games in his career, but it's been two of the last three. 91 yards here, two nice touchdowns, catching runs here. Joe Mixon, 12 carries, 60 yards and a touchdown. Hollywood Brown, five catches, 80 yards and a touchdown. And my man Rashad Bateman starting to grow. And I talked yesterday on our waiver wire show with Dweez you got to get Rashad Bateman right now heading to the bye week or you're not going to be able to in a couple weeks. This kid's legit. And, of course, Mark Andrews doing his thing too. And Lamar Jackson taking a week off here, but he'll be just fine moving forward. The Bengals are the truth, man. I agree. I agree. I think the biggest takeaways from this game is the wide receiver twos in these teams. I mean, T. Higgins had 15 targets this week. And um, they're going to start on Twitter today. I mean, T. Higgins is on 137 target pace. And you never really ever see guys in fantasy football that are on a pace like that that do not produce big numbers in fantasy football. I think T. Higgins' time is coming. Look at the target numbers. The targets have been there. Jamar Chase, also a wide receiver one for the rest of the season. He's had at least 75 yards or a touchdown in every single game this year. Rashad Bateman, another guy, my number one waiver wire pickup this week. The fact that he missed most of training camp, almost all the preseason, and the first five games of his career, and then just walks into six-plus targets in both games. I think brighter days are coming, and rookies only get better over the course of the season. Bateman is definitely my number one waiver target this week, and really my only big target. Otherwise, be moving up the waiver wire in priority leagues, but Bateman is a guy that could legitimately help win leagues down the stretch. Hollywood Brown has been unreal. Sky, cool stat. I was born in 2000. There has not been a Ravens top 12 wide receiver in fantasy in my lifetime. I am 20 years old now, and there has not been a top 12 Ravens wide receiver in my lifetime. That is why I did not draft Hollywood this year, because I said, what's his upside? No chance he ever finishes top 12, but this man is catching a touchdown every game. You love to see it, and I hope he keeps it up. But like you said, Lamar should be back. Joe Burrow is another guy real quick that I wanted to touch on that really has looked good coming off the ACL. After three games to start up the season that didn't, He's had four straight games with 20-plus fantasy points. You'd love to see it, almost like a Jalen Hurts type thing where he's just putting up 20 points every single week. Hopefully he continues to do it, but he obviously has the weapons to do it with Chase, Higgins, Joe Mixon, and the great and wonderful C.J. Uzama. Definitely some interesting teams, and I hope that the Bengals and the Ravens keep it up, two teams that I will definitely root for outside of my team. As long as they stay healthy, I think they're going to be just fine. One guy I'm disappointed with, and we have been on the show, because Bobby is Tyler Boyd's number one fan outside of his family. Uh, Tyler Boyd has just fallen to a distant, distant, distant third, maybe yeah. even fourth now behind C.J. Ozama. So that's disappointment. Everybody else in these games has been just fine. Let's yeah. move on to the Eagles and the Raiders. Raiders get the win here, 33-22. Derek Carr. 323 yards and two touchdowns. Kenyon Drake, 14 carries, 69 yards and a touchdown. Josh Jacobs gets another rib injury. I don't think he's going to miss significant time, but Kenyon Drake now has three touchdowns in the last two games. Love that. Of course, I was on the short list of people who did say that if Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs had the same amount of touches, I think Kenyon Drake outproduces Josh Jacobs. I'll just keep that there. Dallas Goddard. With Zach Ertz now in Arizona, who we're going to preview in just a little bit. Dallas Goddard, three catches, 70 yards. Jalen Hurts, nothing. 
until, of course, the fourth quarter comes away with 21 fantasy points as he does over 20 every game of his career here. Miles Sanders goes down with a sprained ankle. Now we got Kenny Gainwell, my man. Boston Scott gets some work as well here. So how do we feel about the Eagles and the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, they're they're great. I mean, I love, like I said, I love what Jalen Hurts is doing. I think he's the QB2 now in fantasy football. I think 22 fantasy points was his worst game of the season so far. I mean, I, the fact, I mean, I don't know if he'll be able to start the whole season with the way he's playing as a real-life quarterback, but it's crazy that the fantasy points have been what it was. I think I read the other day that he has 43% of his fantasy points in the fourth quarter. Love to see it. Garbage time king, but in fantasy football, you love garbage time. But another big takeaway that I did not realize of a guy that could definitely produce going down the stretch and has some unbelievable playoff matchups is Devontae Smith. I get it. The numbers might not be there in your eyes, but he's had nine plus targets in three of the last four weeks. And in those three or four, those four weeks, I mean, he's had 61, 77, and 122 receiving yards in those games where he had nine plus targets. Zach Ertz is gone, which could mean even more targets for I mean, Devontae Smith, maybe even more targets for him with Miles Sanders out. I know Kenny Gainwell will take some of those targets up. But again, nine plus targets, three of the last four games. You love to see it from Devontae Smith. A very nice buy low playing against the Washington football team who's given up the number one most fantasy points to wide receivers in week 17. That could be a winning matchup for Devontae Smith. Josh Jacobs, a guy I'd be trying to trade away, similar to Damian Harris, just a guy that's not getting any targets. He's been banged up over the course of the season. Um, sad to see from Josh Jacobs. Thankfully, I have no shares of him, and I hope that you don't listening <laughs> either. Um, but that is that. You know, you love to see it. I think those are the biggest takeaways so far. But again, hopefully, Jalen Hurts. It is Jalen Hurts season for the rest of the season. We were talking pre. We were talking pre-show here on just some of our calls preseason, and you've been a, a big DeAndre Swift guy. Who we're going to get to here next. I'll let you gloat about that. Um, <laughs> on on the other side of the fence, though, I was more of like a fading middle round running backs. Um, I'm not really into that RB dead zone because there are some guys who have turned out of that Leonard Fournette and Darrell Henderson and yada, yada. But there were a number of guys, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, uh, Mike Davis, for example, um, for the most part, Miles Gaskin. Those were guys that a lot of people were drafting if they were going zero RB. And I was just really worried about that approach. And that, for the most part, has come to fruition to be correct. Um, and I liked a lot of these backups uh, in those places there. Uh, Chase Edmonds was another one here on the Cardinals, which we'll get into in just a second. But before that, let's give a rep to your boy, um, DeAndre Swift, 144 total yards and a touchdown, eight catches, 96 yards. Of course, he opens the game with like a 68-yard screen, which is honestly horrendous play by the Rams. He should have been tackled six times. Wasn't. Nobody cares in fantasy. He gets those points. He had a huge game, of course, Matt Stafford. 334 and three touchdowns. A lot of that going to Cooper Cup, who blows up once again. 10 for 156 and two. Robert Woods has a nice game in this one as well. Rams get a big win here, 28-19. But once again, the Lions don't win the game, but they are at least uh, competitive for three quarters down the stretch there. So um, the best 0-7 team probably in the history of NFL football here. But how do you feel about Swift and this Lions-Rams game? I think I'll, I'll end with Swift if that's okay. But I think one of the things I want to start with is Robert Woods is someone that I'd be I'd be willing to buy at least a little Me bit. Too. I mean, he's had six plus targets in five of his last six games. The only game he didn't, he had five targets. He's still at double digit fantasy points in each of his last four games. On um, which you love to see, even in half PPR. I think he's someone that's going to get more targets and a guy that's still been a top 15 wide receiver each of the last three years. And I think we're going to see a little bit more of that down the stretch. I don't think that he's going to challenge Cooper cup or, you know, take anything away from cup, but I think we're going to see more Robert Woods because again, he's been very good in fantasy each of the last three years. I think we see more of that Darrell Henderson has been a big surprise to me with all the snaps he's gotten. He's gotten like over 80 or 90% of the snaps Every game that he's been healthy this year, I think he's a locked-in running back one, as much as I hate to say it because I was not a fan of him. So I thought Sony Michelle could definitely take some work away, but that has not been the case. But on to the Lions, man. I mean, there definitely isn't a wide receiver there. I thought it was Amon Ross St. Brown. Next two weeks, it's Khalif Raymond. TJ Hawkinson starting to put up a little bit better numbers after a knee injury that might have bogged him down a little bit over the stretch. But man, oh man, my man DeAndre Swift, the running back two overall in fantasy football, I had a couple stats in some of my videos that he had the fourth highest fantasy points per touch over the course of the last 20 years in his rookie year. And all three of the other guys to do it 
were a top three, top four fantasy running back in the following season. That I didn't have Swift ranked as a top four running back. Yet. It's clear, it's crazy that he actually might repeat that and everything. But I love to see what they're doing with Swift. He's gone up in touches each of the last four weeks. He's played 75 plus percent of the snaps each of the last three or four weeks now. I mean, Swift's been unbelievable in every facet of the game. Garbage times definitely helped him out a little bit. But again, he's the running back two overall for a reason. And I think that he's a top eight fantasy running back for the rest of the season. Swift is my flag plant this year. I love everything that he's doing. He is my highest owned player as I have him on 16 out of 18 teams. <laughs> highest ownership of all my players. My second highest is like 11. But Swift is a guy I had to get at his value every single time. And he is definitely helping me win some cold hard cash. But the other thing, Sky, if I may say just real quick, my other one of my other three my guys along with Swift was Jalen Hurts. So it's nice to see Jalen Hurts, Deontay Johnson, and DeAndre Swift all producing for me. Just had to give a quick shout out to my my guys at least. I got a lot of things wrong, but at least I got my my guys right so far. Atta boy. Well, I love that, man. We're about halfway through the season. If you're able to to log those ones in, you're doing very well. And again, I and you can call it faded, I guess. Um, not as hard as the rest of those guys, but DeAndre Swift was not a guy I was targeting in the third round or fourth round because I liked a lot of those receivers or a top end tight end. And I tend to go top end tight end there. So I got a lot of like Hawkinson, um, Waller if he fell, maybe Andrews um in that position, which I'm happy about as well. But I was a big Jamal Williams guy, and the first week of the season that made sense because they paid $7.5 million for him to come over for two years. You don't pay running backs anyway, and for them to pay that much with you know, what they like to do there um, in Anthony Lynn's scheme for the most part, you know, it just it's a miss basically for me on DeAndre Swift, but I'm so glad that he is panning out because I loved him coming out, and I actually had Swift higher than Jonathan Taylor when they came into the draft. But then Swift went to the Lions, JT went to the Colts, and I was like, okay, well, now JT is higher than Swift because of the team, but the talent is absolutely there. Um, so I love uh, I love that. And, and uh, Georgia running backs, of course, are dominant in the NFL, so I love that. All right, let's move on here to our final matchup, Texans and Cardinals. Cardinals with a big win here. The first time in NFL history somehow the final score of a game was 31-5. to Cardinals get the win over the Texans. Kyler Murray, 261 yards and three touchdowns. He did get beat up a little too much in this game, and he was in. Like, they were up by 25 points, and he was in at the very end of this game. It didn't really make sense there. But Chase Edmonds, 15 carries, 81 yards. James Conner still scoring the touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins gets a touchdown in this one. Zach Ertz, in his debut, three for 66 and a long, nice touchdown there. So Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz doing just fine apart from each other now. Not much going on here for Houston. Uh, of course, the running backs are obsolete. Brandon Cooks was shut down. Davis Mills is shut down. Uh, we know that you know Deshaun Watson's on the move, so we'll see who they bring in uh, in his place. Terod Taylor could be coming back as well, but we'll cover that when it goes down. How do you feel about the Texans and Cardinals? Yeah, I think with the Cardinals, I mean, again, I, I don't have any huge takeaways from this game except for sell Chase Edmonds if you can. People that still think that he could be good. James Conner has been too much of a boon for him. And they, guy taking away the goal line carries, they're still featuring just enough to keep Edmonds from being fantasy relevant. One thing that is concerning for me a little bit is DeAndre Hopkins' target, target share overall. And the fact that Zach Ertz is there and he had a good game in his first week definitely concerns me overall for DeAndre Hopkins. But he's still DeAndre Hopkins for a reason. I mean, we see those alphas always end up eating, even if there's a couple down games. So as much as I want to be like, you know, maybe – Maybe sell DeAndre Hopkins. He's an alpha for a reason. He's going to get his target share. So I would be holding on DeAndre Hopkins as much as I'd like to say sell him. I'm just going to look very dumb in a couple of weeks because guys that talented always find a way to eat. And I think he's going to continue to do that. But my biggest takeaway from this game, buy low Brandon Cook season. We saw what he looked like the first couple of weeks with Terod Taylor. And I think the fact that he hasn't been as good with Davis Mills while still being solid. I think he's going to be a lot better with Tyrod Taylor, and we saw that over the first couple of weeks. He's definitely a very intriguing buy road that you can get for cheap um, because, you know, he's playing for the Texans, and Tyrod Taylor is going to help him out a little bit. I'd definitely be buying low on Tyler on uh, Brandon Cooks if you can. I like that. Another name we brought up yesterday uh, in Dynasty Leagues and stuff and just a, a, a stash is a Nico Collins as well. A big body receiver could have more opportunity. All right, those are our Week 7 recaps. We're going to get another shout-out to a quick sponsor, and then we'll sign off here. This is another note here from our good friends at Carefactor. We'll be right back. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. 
It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with CaraFactor. CaraFactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the CaraFactor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarafactor.com. That's shop.mykerafactor.com. CaraFactor, skincare for hair. Are you a merchandise maniac or Jersey junkie like myself? You need to check out the Jersey jungle. They handle their business on Instagram at the Jersey jungle. You can use a promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three or more jerseys. Now, if you've been watching the show for this season or a couple seasons, you know that my backdrop, if you're streaming live with us on video, you know my backdrop is always a couple of jerseys. Those jerseys are coming from the Jersey Jungle. They're high-quality stitch and twill jerseys. I collect NFL jerseys, but I'm also a baseball guy. So I have baseball jerseys as well. I collect Hall of Fame jerseys. I have a Jackie Robinson. I have a Ken Griffey Jr. I have a Willie Mays jersey. I got a Shohei Otani jersey as well because the guy has been absolutely on fire. Go get yourself a jersey, basketball, baseball, hockey, football, college. They got rookies as well. Home away. They have customs. They have camouflage. Whatever you're feeling, retro jerseys from any sport, go hit up the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. DM the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. These are already half price that you're going to find on the website. They're high quality stitch and twill game authentic jerseys. Go check them out. The Jersey Jungle on Instagram. All right, we're back here with Alex Crusoe, the Fresh Fantasy podcast host. Yo, it's been a pleasure, man. You and I have been trying to do this for literally a couple seasons and all year this year. We scheduled a date earlier this summer. I was unable to make it, so Bobo filled in very well. You guys covered up the Steelers and some other team previews, but I'm happy to have you on, man, and I hope we get to do this more often. Before we get out of here, I have to ask everybody when we uh, do the Jersey Jungle ad, if you had two jerseys of anybody other than DeAndre Swift in the <laughs> NFL – what two jerseys are you grabbing, home or away? Retro, who you got? Oh, man. I, I definitely, number one, I'd have to go the Black Steelers jersey and get a Deontay Johnson jersey. Um, he's probably been, over the last two seasons combined, he's definitely been my most owned fantasy player. I've been all over him, and he's made me really happy getting to watch him play and do well and stuff like that. There's nothing better than seeing calls in fantasy football go well. Um, so I'd probably go with the Black Deontay Johnson jersey. But I think the other one I'd have to go with is a purple, like a deep purple Lamar Jackson jersey. Um, I don't own it. It has nothing to do with fantasy. It's just every single time I get to watch Lamar Jackson play football. I'm a Patriots fan, but every single time I watch Lamar Jackson play football, I am genuinely happy and excited, and he does something that wows me every single time. I think he's going to be a guy that my kids, hopefully one day, if I have, am lucky enough to have them, are going to be like, oh, like, what was this guy like? And I mean – Lamar Jackson is just one of the most special players I've ever gotten to watch on a football field. Doesn't mean he's the greatest player of all time or anything like that, but on the most fun to watch list, Lamar has to be up there. He is so fun to watch every week. And whenever I start talking about him, I smile because he's such a good dude. He makes such great plays all the time and he seems to be a team first guy. So again, I know you have a Justin Tucker Jersey and he might've made the longest field goal of all time, but I like, <laughs> I like guys that run a little bit and that's why I'd go with Lamar Jackson and Deontay Johnson. I love that. I just had to show the deep purple jersey because I like that one as well also. Awesome, man. Yo, it's been an absolute pleasure. Before we get out of here, please let all the TCK Potters know where we can find your content, brother. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. We've, we've talked so long in the Twitter streets and everything like that. So it was so great to meet. And um, I've heard a lot of great things about you. And people always say that you're like the nicest guy ever. You're super Oh, thank you. Likewise. Thank you. You lived up to all of that and then some. So I'm really glad that we got to finally connect and meet face-to-face. I know – we didn't go to the expo together and stuff like that. So hopefully we'll see the leg. I'll be there next year. <laughs> how, how tall we both are at the same time. But nonetheless, thank you so much for having me. But for the listeners, 
Hope you enjoyed and you're not tired of hearing me talk about DeAndre Swift and Bilo and Calvin Ridley and uh, AJ Brown, obviously. But you can find me at Alex Caruso on Twitter. You can find my podcast at the Fresh Fantasy Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And you can find me at Fresh underscore Fantasy on TikTok. But big shout out to Sky for having me on. Thank you so, so much. Awesome, man. Absolute pleasure. And I appreciate the kind words. It's a pleasure to have you on and uh, we'll have to jump on your pod as well. And we'll have you back here on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast again real soon. Once again, folks, go follow on Twitter, my man, Alex Caruso, and make sure to subscribe, leave a rate and review on the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. Also, while you're there, make sure to hit us up with the TCK pod, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Leave a rate and review. You can find us on Twitter at Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S. CO and this episode and all episodes are brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online AG. You heard it in the intro. Bet Online, all of your Bet Online experts. Go check it out there. We'll catch you next time for episode 483. My man, Alex Caruso. I am your host, Sky Guasco. We will catch you next time. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.